before I get started, there is one very important question I have to ask you. Coach Michael Burke, Monster Producer Academy CEO. He's a personal friend of mine. What good is it to have knowledge with no desire? What good is it to have desire with no skill? What good is it to have knowledge and skill with no confidence? A big part of activating your prey drive is finding and refining your talent. This is something that helps you get to the next place. People are made up of four parts, a body, a mind, a heart, and a spirit. You need to know you, and then you need to have an awareness, and sometimes you don't even know what you need. So all four parts of our nature have to be clicking. Your hard skill solves my problem. The bigger the problem, the more money people are paid to solve it. Everything is valuable to your future. What I'm really paying you for is your past. A monster producer combines multiple skills to dominate a market. When you get to wake up every day and do what you love doing, man, it is hard not to be motivated. They think at a higher ordinance than everybody else. They want to create new things. I have a conviction about me, and that's the conviction that you feel when I talk, when I speak. It comes across as passion. You got to learn how to connect to another person at such a deep level that it moves them. You have goals, you have targets, but you don't have a sense of urgency. They're going to exchange money, energy. They're going to raise capital. They're going to start new businesses. There's going to be joint ventures. I think your purpose finds you. It is activated. The word activate means to initiate. Discipline, which is a derivative of the word disciple, which means to give yourself to a person or cause you believe in. Do you believe in your future, yes or no? When we know better, we do better. Finding the problem that you are uniquely qualified to solve, and you don't know what problem you really solve for whom, then there is no big financial exchange right there. You should leave here thinking bigger today than when you came. And I want to shake your hand and look you in the eyeball when you make this decision. Thank you. We'll see you in the back. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If I was, if I own that company, what I'm looking for from you is to come to me with solutions, not problems. Okay. I got 99 problems. I don't need another one. And what a lot of employees do or team members do is they bring you more problems. Hey, I got, I got a problem, coach. I'm like, look, you got a brain, just like my daughter. She's nine years old. I'm like, I ain't solving that problem for you. Figure it out. Don't bring me another problem, right? She's got to learn to be what's called resourceful. And resourceful is, I'll figure it out. I was an assistant for three years before I was a head coach. And you know how I became the head coach? Because I was resourceful. I never brought the head coach a problem. Never. He's got enough problems. He's got parents to deal with. And, and a boss to deal with, and kids to deal with. When I came to him, coach, I'd like to propose a solution to this problem. I see what our challenges are. I know you got your plate full trying to keep this thing going, right? And so he would make all these comments during a game. Don't like this. Don't like this. The other systems go, yep, that's right, coach. That's right. I would sit there and go, take notes. And I'd go to him with your permission. With your permission, I'd like to bring the play. I heard you say that you don't like how she does this. I said, with your permission, I'd like to bring her in early and work with her. You know what we always said? Yes. That's good. Right? Because I was actually a solution to his problems. So when he retired, he goes, this is the little wizard that needs to replace me. Those other assistants actually got mad at me and him. And I fired them, by the way. That was my first, that was my first, first thing I did. I said, we're not going to need you guys anymore because you really hadn't been doing anything the last couple of years. So I'm going to bring in a whole new group of people who are actually hungry to do something. They were mad because they were more experienced and older than me, and they felt entitled that they should just get the job. 
And he said, y'all just sat over there and did nothing. This little dude right here always brought a solution. And that's how I got that job at 22 years old. And I learned something, right? Bring a solution to a problem. Don't bring another problem to people. Okay. So what, what do you guys see as the missing structure right now? That's right. That's right. Good. That's good. Now we call that blue Marlins versus blue gills. Uh, see, now this is this is what this is what I've learned from running a coaching business for X number of years. Okay. When you see me restructure something, it's because A, it don't work. There's a demonstrated capacity that it's not work, or B, it's sucking all of our time and energy. Right? And I'm going, this is a much bigger opportunity than this. There's much more money to be made here than here. I don't enjoy doing that. Right. For years, I did things I didn't enjoy. Like like managing properties, there's people out there actually enjoy that. I wouldn't be one of them. Right. We manage properties that we've owned. My wife managed it. And it's miserable. I'm like, just pay the money and let somebody manage and deal with all these problems. Let's just own the property. Everybody, you see where I'm going? But we think, no, I hear people say this. No, I'm giving up 10 percent. It's worth the 10% if you can just do what you love doing. Okay. And so when you, when you think about this, it's like what part of your B has got to be what I consider level 10 opportunities and level 10 opportunities are the big, juicy, exciting opportunities that you can really solve. Right now, Dwight, you figured this out by being in the tax business. You know how many tax people will never figure this out. You know how many unhappy tax people there are in the world. Right or wrong? And during season, how miserable they are doing taxes. Okay. Now, we had a guy in our coaching program many years ago, smart guy, could, couldn't deliver on, on, on what he promised, but he had the right idea. He saw what I did, and he said, you know what? I'm going to sell coaching. I'm going to sell. He's a tax accountant. I'm going to sell packages where I counsel people. Right. And we want to kind of get out of the bookkeeping and get out of the tax. And I'm going to sell strategy and I'm going to charge a monthly fee for that strategy. Right. And, and, and I'm going to add some boot camps and retreats. He said, I'm going to do exactly what you do, which was a smart idea just in the tax business. So I'm going to charge five grand a month. I'm going to get 60,000 a year out of the clients. I'm going to throw a couple of retreats in there. I'm going to kind of just build this little deal where I just counsel people. And, I, and, and if somebody does the bookkeeping, it's these people over here. See where I'm going with it? Now, where he got into problems is he began customizing. Somebody would say, well, I need you to really do my five grand. I really need you to do my bookkeeping. And he didn't have good bookkeepers. And I really need you to do my taxes. But they're not, wasn't that good at doing the taxes? See what I'm saying? They were really good at selling something, but very bad at actually delivering something. Okay. And if he, and if he sold enough, which he did, it just made up for all the bad deals. Right? In his mind, it just keeps selling it. And people that are unhappy, just, you know, whatever. Okay. But, but, but he figured out that, Hey, this part of the business is real miserable. Why don't I structure the business where I kind of like doing this? Okay. And, and that may be what you're figuring out through going through the coaching. It's like, okay, this is blue Marlin. This is blue Gill. This is what I love. This is what I hate. This is hot. Listen to the words I'm going to use highly profitable and highly enjoyable. Dan Sullivan used to ask it this way. Who is writing you the largest check 
or who has written you the largest check you've ever cashed that you actually enjoyed working with? Because <laughs> I've got some big checks that I was miserable working with. Right. And sometimes the bigger the check, the more, the higher the expectation. So, so, but not always. Some people I've worked with, that's big checks and lots of fun. So then he would say, he would force us to do this little exercise. He didn't call it Blue Marlin. He would say, what's the biggest check you've ever cashed? And he'd take your brain back to something. It's like, oh, these people paid us the most money. And I actually enjoyed working with them. Where do I go find some more? Henry would say, why haven't you gone back there and got some more of those? See what I'm saying? You guys heard me talk about spending four years in the prison system, rehabilitating maximum security offenders. They paid me $450,000 to do that. But looking back on it, man, that was hard work. You ain't done any coaching until you showed up at a maximum security prison, folks. I would walk through there in my suit through the, through the, through the yard and they'd say, pretty boy. I'll be like, I'm like, I'm like, hey, it's scary, man. Maximum security prisons, there's one in Chattanooga. There's one, I mean, they put these prisons in little towns, and that's the number one source of employment in those cities. So, actually, little towns in Tennessee fight to have these big prisons because it provides 300 jobs or 500 jobs. And I would go in there to coach, man, it was. Whew. I didn't know any better at the time. I just thought it's a lot of money. But when I stepped back and thought, do I want to do this in Texas? And do I want to do it in Georgia? And do I want to do it in Kentucky? It's too much bureaucracy. There's too much, it's too hard. It's no, man. There's surely there's a better way to go find $450,000. See that? So everybody's starting to get clear to here. Now, give me some of the things that's costing you right here between A and B. What's keeping you from getting there? How many of it's the lack of spending, making enough money that you can spend some money? Okay, so 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 remember, we're going to get into profit a little bit today. Profit is excess cash at the end of every month that you can reinvest in something. Right. You know this because that's what you do for a living. How many businesses actually show a healthy profit? That's right. The stats probably tell us the small business owner in America bring makes maybe forty seven thousand a year or something like that. Twenty eight million small businesses in the United States. Twenty one million of them will go out of business or not make it or whatever. There's crazy numbers. But, but a lot of small business owners believe if I just don't lose money and make it by, it's a, it's a good month. That's not a good month. A good month is when you have excess cash after you have paid yourself, paid your team, paid your taxes, that you can then reinvest in something. Passion project, wealth. That's a good month. Everybody with me? Dwight, what's a good profit margin for a business to operate on? Um, no less than 20%. Okay. Preferably 30 or 40. That's right. So, so our profit margins this year have been somewhere around 41%. But it's also an indicator that I'm not spending enough money to go to the next level. You follow me? Could be a little too much profit. And it may be saying I need to go use some of that money to go from here to here. Right? Because you may get to a level. And you can't get to that next level until you go get some more people, more skilled labor. And guess what? The skilled labor is expensive. <laughs> Imagine that. The better they are, the more they cost. So, so what happens is a business, I see a lot of businesses get to this level. It's like, I don't want to spend any money because I'm making a bunch of money. But, I, but hey, I want to get to 10 million. 
but to get 10 million, I got to spend. See where I'm, see where I'm going with this? When I first started to generate money, and then we'll take a break right here. Man, I wanted to hold on to that money like crazy. How many of y'all have been there? Because I never had any money. I was a high school basketball coach. I never had any excess cash. I never worried about money, to be honest with you. I talk a lot more about money today because I'm a business coach. But from 20 to 30, I didn't even mention money. I want y'all to understand that. I made $2,500 a month, maybe $3,000. And I was the happiest dude. I never even thought about it. I just had a little bit in my bank account. Didn't even think about it. Didn't even worry about it. Had a little two-bedroom condo. Was so happy. It, when I started this business, though, I quickly figured out, we need some money. <laughs> like, 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 I can't hire anybody. I don't, I don't have any marketing. I don't have any help. I don't have an office. Like, like, I, I, like it was, a, it was a, like a, an awakening for me because I had lived most of my life just on my pure talent. And I didn't, as long as I had a little bit of money in the bank account, I didn't care. Didn't care really what I drove. I had, I had decent cars, but not nice cars. You see where I'm going? I didn't think about it. I thought about getting up and doing what I love doing every day and just really being really great at it. That's what I thought about. But at 31, I went to the bookstore here in Murfreesboro and I bought a book called How to Grow Your Financial IQ. Because I didn't know the difference between an asset and a liability. And I quickly understood assets add, liabilities subtract. Most people make money and they buy liabilities. They buy cars and houses and, and they don't understand the concept of assets. And I made up my mind when I start making money, I'm going to buy assets. Okay. Or I'm going to figure out a way to use any liability I have and convert it to an asset. It's going to be an asset somehow. The plane's going to buy me time. See what I'm saying? The cars I'm going to use for marketing. The houses I'm going to use for retreats. Like, like, right? And I always understood, Kiyosaki always said, you can have anything you want as long as you produce an asset that pays for it. His wife used to say, you can have anything you want. Want a fancy car? As long as you have an asset that pays for that fancy car, you can have it. And he went and started buying apartment complexes and they paid for the cars and the, right? A lot of people think to be wealthy, you got to have a lot of money. If you go back to those first Kiyosaki books, Retire Young, Retire Rich, he was only bringing in 55000 a year from apartment complexes. But him and his wife living expenses in those days, 80s or 90s, were less than 55000 So his passive income was greater than his living expenses. You see where I'm going? Part of your B should be you know exactly how much it costs you to live right now at the current lifestyle you live. Like how much does it cost you to live and how much passive income do you have from some investments you've got that's bringing in money that you don't have to work. It's like, it's all taken care of. I'm working because I love working, right? All our future days are paid for. That'd be real wealth to me. All your future days are paid for. If you live to be a hundred, you got enough money to live comfortably to a hundred. Okay. So, so I really wanted you to do that exercise today because I do this exercise almost shoot weekly, sometimes daily. I'm constantly thinking about it. What is my B? How do I move toward it? What is, who do I need to hire? Who's my next move? What do I need to do? This will keep you in a movement toward an ideal life. And the business is here just to serve the life. Right? And who's designing the business, by the way? It's your business. So why don't you design it the way you want to? But there's certain constraints 
Like I tell my wife, she's got a health business and she's like, I don't want to, I don't want to do it like you do it. I'm like, well, how would you like to do it? Will you, will you, will you commit to two hours a day of growing your business? I don't care where you do it, but you got to do it if you want to grow the business. And you know what she says? Well, I'm having a baby. What do you say to that? <laughs> I'm like, okay. Yes, of course. I know you are. Right. But I'm like, your business ain't going to grow if you don't tend to it. When God put Adam and Eve in the garden, very first thing he said is tend to the garden. Work. Work the garden. He didn't say lay around and be lazy. Be complacent. Don't do anything. Right. Work it. Here's the land. Tend to it. That's what he said. And don't mess with that one tree. You can have anything you want. Except for that one thing. <laughs> and then they went, it's all downhill from there, William. Right? He blamed her. She blamed the serpent. Started the whole blame game of everybody. So, so when I look at things, I try to simplify them. All right. All right. Let's take a break right there. It's a good break point. Good first session. Before I get started, there is one very important question I have to ask you. Coach Michael Burke, Monster Producer Academy CEO. He's a personal friend of mine. What good is it to have knowledge with no desire? What good is it to have desire with no skill? What good is it to have knowledge and skill with no confidence? A big part of activating your prey drive is finding and refining your talent. This is something that helps you get to the next place. People are made up of four parts, a body, a mind, a heart and a spirit. You need to know you, and then you need to have an awareness, and sometimes you don't even know what you need. So all four parts of our nature have to be clicking. Your hard skill solves my problem. The bigger the problem, the more money people are paid to solve it. Everything is valuable to your future. What I'm really paying you for is your past. A monster producer combines multiple skills to dominate a market. When you get to wake up every day and do what you love doing, man, it is hard not to be motivated. They think at a higher ordinance than everybody else. They want to create new things. I have a conviction about me, and that's the conviction that you feel when I talk, when I speak. It comes across as passion. you got to learn how to connect to another person at such a deep level that it moves them. You have goals, you have targets, but you don't have a sense of urgency. They're going to exchange money, energy. They're going to raise capital. They're going to start new businesses. There's going to be joint ventures. I think your purpose finds you. It is activated. The word activate means to initiate. Discipline, which is a derivative of the word disciple, which means to give yourself to a person or cause you believe in. Do you believe in your future, yes or no? When we know better, we do better. Finding the problem that you are uniquely qualified to solve, and you don't know what problem you really solve for whom, then there is no big financial exchange right there. You should leave here thinking bigger today than when you came. And I want to shake your hand and look you in the eyeball when you make this decision. Thank you. We'll see you in the back. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.